Welcome to Council 4 Unplugged. I'm Larry Dorman. This is the podcast of our Council 4 AFSCME Union. We are proud to represent 30,000 working women and men throughout the state of Connecticut in state government, local government, boards of education, and the private sector. And we have a special guest on our monthly podcast. Really excited about this. It's a long overdue conversation about what's happening in the world of media. So our special guest is Rebecca Lurie from the Hartford Current. Rebecca, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Rebecca is a reporter at the Current. How long have you been there? About three years. Three years. And uh, Rebecca is also president of the... Uh, unit chair. Unit chair, mm-hmm. my apologies. Unit chair of the Hartford Current Guild. So we're going to be talking, obviously, about the state of journalism, the challenges that journalists face today, and also uh, the trend toward unionization that's taking place um, within the world of journalism. And I personally think that's uh, an important and positive trend. But uh, we'll hear from Rebecca in more detail about it. I don't want to bury the lead too much here. Uh, so, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about why you got into journalism. Um, it's probably the typical thing you hear from a lot of reporters, that we weren't really sure what else to do. Um, in you know high school and college, it just that was the only thing I'd kind of um, considered and pursued. And I was a shy person, probably, as a kid, so I liked having an excuse to go up and talk to people from different groups and we're doing different things and have a reason to be there asking them a lot of questions. Cool, cool. And um, was the Hartford Current your first job in journalism or were you working somewhere else before that? I had another job out of college. I went to um, Hilton Head, South Carolina and spent three years reporting kind of at the beach, which was very nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Very different community and uh, learned a lot there, spent three years there and then came up here. And how's it been? I actually really like Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, the, what attracted the you to the really current? Interesting. Um, it's you know an old paper and right. like kind of a small city. I didn't want to be somewhere too big, um, and I always just wanted to kind of find a newsroom that was like uh, the first place I interned, which was in Peoria, Illinois, mm-hmm. um, which is a union shop. Oh, good. Um, and it just felt like this place where people were willing to spend their whole careers there, um, and there's a community with enough to cover for a whole career. And so I don't know if I'll stay at the Hartford Current forever, but I like knowing that I could. And Good. we could, you know, bring in more people who want to do the same thing. Um, well, yeah, and I'm, I'm struck by the fact that uh, so many reporters at the Current have, have logged a lot of years. I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also um, a lot of reporters coming in, such as yourself, who, you know, have a few years. So there seems to be a good mix in your uh, in the news and editing rooms. Yeah, there is. Unfortunately, we, we have had plenty of our veterans take buyouts, and we've had plenty of our younger people feel right. like they had to move on to find opportunity. But we still have um, young people coming in, and we still have a lot of people with a lot of experience. Great. Uh, tell us, um, tell our listeners a little bit about uh, your assignments and your, your kind of typical work day at The Current. So I'm very lucky to cover the city of Hartford. So it's a mix. There's a lot of juggling between city hall um, and mixing that with neighborhood coverage and issues, um, the schools, the police department, and some public health, because Hartford has um, plenty of issues like homelessness and housing that mm-hmm. um, are definitely very uh, serious to the to the whole region. So there's the typical meetings, but I also get to do fun things. I get to go around to different agencies to find you know, new sources, and I get to drive around the streets to see if, you know, people are 
having their bulky waste picked up and right. you never know what the day will bring. Right, right. Um, and and actually, one of the things you've covered is we, we represent uh, several hundred city employees and, and who work for the city of Hartford, also at the Excel Center and the and the public library. So uh, I know that we've uh, we've had some interactions there, and you know they're 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 part of that scene. So it's got to be a pretty exciting beat for a reporter. Yeah, I missed the um, first three years of our mayor's uh, term when a lot of the union contracts were yeah. being uh, made and those concessions were being made. So that was definitely mm. um, an interesting time. Mm. So I'm hopefully going to be able to follow up on some of that in the next yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Harford being Harford, it's, it's far from over. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things, obviously, we wanted to talk to you about, and our guest is Rebecca Lurie from the Hartford Current. Uh, she is a reporter covering uh, the city of Hartford and, and also the unit chair of the Hartford Current Guild. So kind of interested and excited to hear about uh, how you all decided to form a union. So I was familiar with unions coming into the current um, and didn't like start talking to people about it right away. Um, I was just trying to get my footing, but there were things that I just noticed about the newsroom that um, I felt could be better and like healthier for a workplace. There just felt like there was a lot of dysfunction. Um, there was a lot of resentment among people who had been there a long time and people who'd only been there a few years. And people weren't talking very openly about it. And so it, it was something I just started talking to people about in like the fall of 2018. And even people who were um, nervous about the idea of unionizing or didn't really want to rock the boat or put a target on their backs, everybody agreed that something needed to change in order to kind of stem the, the cuts that were happening at The Current and to get things going in a direction where things were being invested again and we were growing our, our presence and growing our coverage. So it, it was definitely the right time. Right. and. Can you talk a little bit uh, in, in a little more detail about some of the issues that were kind of percolating, uh, whether it concerned corporate ownership or, you know, when you talk about cuts and disinvestment? At that time, we weren't as worried about a change in ownership. I mean, that was sort of just the general thing that's in the back of your mind. But Tribune Publishing at the time, it was, you know, it seemed stable-ish. Yeah. <laughs> um, our, you know, executive editor is a journalist, so that right. we didn't have some of the challenges that um, that other newsrooms had immediately. But we did have, um, you know, the, the people who are who have been there a long time um, are still feeling the absence of the layoffs from years back. And for people who are newer, it just felt like there was a lot of talk about being great and being the biggest and best newsroom in the state, but we had fewer and fewer people to cover the towns in the Hartford region. People were just having to add a town uh, every time somebody left. They would, you know, people would leave for other opportunities and we wouldn't fill those positions even though they weren't layoffs and there weren't buyouts. And there was no like satisfactory explanation for why we couldn't even fill positions that should be open. Mm -hmm. Uh, one of my gripes, I guess, was that sometimes people would be like hand selected for positions when other people didn't have a chance to apply, and that's something that had frustrated me at my last job. And so I wanted right. to yeah. make sure that where I was, that was going to be, you know, something worth addressing. Yeah, and um, 
I'll respectfully say that's not a gripe. That is an entirely legitimate concern. And that's I one appreciate of the reasons, that. <laughs> it's, it's one of the reasons people unionize. Often, you know, there's this perception that, um, you know, I want more money, and that's why I'm joining a union or forming a union. And so often um, I hear from our members and, and other union folks, it's about changing, you know, achieving some fundamental changes in the workplace so that there's more balance, so that there's more respect, so that there's more staff. Um, you know, that's, that's certainly like having that voice on the job is as much an issue as it might be the, the wages or the benefits. And it sounds like that's what you're, you're Absolutely. talking about. And we had people who had, it would, I don't know, it felt like people had given up a little bit in asking for what they wanted or saying mm -hmm. what they thought should happen because they were so used to this feeling that their ideas were being ignored. Yeah. And we're the ones covering the communities or the ones editing the stories, the ones taking the photos. We know what would make our jobs easier. We know what we could do if we had more time or more support. Um, and so you want to feel like that input is valued. But I also won't minimize, I mean, we, we do have salaries that are all over the place. Exactly. And that was definitely right. um, a problem for some people um, that you just go through your day knowing that you're not making a fair wage compared to someone else in the newsroom or someone else at another you know, paper right. industry. And it's right. not sustainable. No, and, I've, and I'm, I want to be clear here, I'm not speaking about the, the current, um, I'm speaking from mm -hmm. our union's experience in organizing unorganized workplaces. Um, often there are these pay inequities, some of them stem, um, quite frankly, it, it's uh, women performing the same job as men, but being paid less. Um, another situation you alluded to where people move up the ladder with no rhyme or reason. So, you know, those are, those are things that hopefully, um, and that I do believe, um, unions can address by bringing some rationality to the process. Uh, I'm going to read something that you're familiar with. Uh, so as, I, as we speak with our guest, Rebecca Lurie at the Hartford Current, she's the unit chair of the Guild. It was uh, February 11th of 2019 is this document I'm reading from. It's actually from your, your Guild's uh, webpage. Yeah, I recognize signatures. Yeah. Um, the Current has survived for 254 years. We believe it will thrive again when its journalists are granted a seat at the table. Through collective bargaining, we can add our voice to the dialogue shaping the chapter of the Current's distinguished history. Um, that, that's really well said because um, you're talking about um, unionizing to protect the mission that you all carry out on behalf of the current and its readers. Yeah, we have something really special here. I, I do feel like every local newspaper is worth preserving. Um, right. But if we can get some more support by appealing to people's sense of, oh, this is something historic, like we really need to keep that along, like we'll take that. <laughs> right. This has yeah. been here for a long time. There's no reason why it can't continue for another right. you know, century, two centuries. Uh, the only reason that it's not doing well is because resources are being redirected from where they should be put. The profits that we're helping to create are just going in the wrong places. And I, so you you all joined the News Guild, which is an affiliate of the Communications Workers of America. Um, the parent company is the Tribune, so you, it's the Baltimore Sun, Chicago Tribune, Capital Gazette, Carroll County Times, Virginian Pilot, Daily Press. Obviously, I'm reading off your website, but... Um, well, I appreciate you naming all of them, because so yeah, often when we read thanks. stories about the media and unions, we see LA Times, Chicago Tribune, and a bunch of other papers across the country. Um, and the current, we really feel like a local newspaper, and so it is so important to recognize that you have 
you know, the, the Virginian pilot, you have the Carroll County Times in Maryland, and these papers are just as worth preserving. Exactly. Um, and not to be a downer, the only thing I see here is that uh, a number of po reporters' names that um, whom I recognize, but also several have left. Um, yes, you know, and probably the, more than yeah, you realize. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know. So when you talk about re resources having been redirected, um, it's pretty clear you're also losing some talented people, and that's something that uh, those of us who, who value the media and value uh, news outlets that something needs to change. Yeah, just like as my position is a good example of it, um, but it's not like the only example. <laughs> but uh, we had, you know, a, a person who was covering the school district in Hartford. We had someone covering City Hall. Uh, we had a neighborhoods reporter who ended up writing a column. Um, he also covered the public safety. And then we had a general assignment reporter who was mostly covering the city. And that was just since I've been here that that was all happening at the same time. And all four of those people left just for other journalism jobs. All were like younger people, mm -hmm. um, were not forced out. And so, and they didn't replace those positions. So now I'm the only person doing city hall, neighborhoods, schools, and right. it's just, yeah. yeah. And you're in, Again, you are all in that same boat, which mm -hmm. which workers across the country are, which I think is why um, Gallup poll did a um, released a survey last year. Unions are more popular than ever. It was something like sixty four percent of respondents said they'd join a union if they could, and um, so I, I've got to believe that that's that's a response in part to the working conditions you all face, which is. Uh, um, not having a lot of resources and being asked to do um, a lot more for a lot less. Absolutely. And mm. the product suffers no matter what. I mean, we have three photographers. Yeah. When, just a few years ago, we had, I think, six or seven. We haven't had a photo editor in, in years. So it's just right. things that readers probably expect we have yeah. that we just don't. Yeah. So roughly, um, I'm think around 60 members in, in mm -hmm. the um, Harvard Current News Guild. Where do you stand right now? It's been a year. Um, what's happened? Um, the company did recognize the union, correct? Yes, very quickly. Which is yeah. you know, admittedly rare. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. They started putting up a fight with the papers that um, you know went public after us, which mm -hmm. is not appreciated, but they won their elections, so it, it works out. Right. <laughs> um, but right now, we're not really getting the cooperation we'd like to see from the company at the bargaining table. Uh, we proposed a lot of um, items to the company in January, a lot of the, like, you know, media issues, <laughs> like vacation and sick right. time right. and reductions in force, hiring. It, it took real us a while to get economic. to that point, yeah. but we're, we're getting into it. And the way the company responded, it was as if they hadn't looked at the contract they have with the Baltimore Sun lately. They responded to some of these proposals, including um, sick time, by handing the bargaining team copies from the handbook, which they want to keep this, the sole discretion to change at any time. And we're just trying to reason with them now that a handbook is not a contract and right. put right. whatever you want from the handbook into our contract and we'll negotiate that. But a handbook alone is not what we're here for. Interesting. Um, so hopefully this will be settled. <laughs> I mean, we, we certainly think so. <laughs> right. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, part of what I wanted you to reflect on, too, is that um, 
clearly management culture in a lot of um, media enterprises is not familiar or supportive of, of seeing its employees, its rank and file employees join a union. Um, so, you know, you are kind of, all of you around the country are fighting that fighting that uh, reality, right, which is that this is not an industry that's been necessarily heavily unionized outside of certain large newspapers, you know, like the Times or Washington Post or the Globe. Yeah, this is definitely um, a learning opportunity for uh, for members and managers alike. Right. This is probably only the fifth year, I think, of this wave of media outlets unionizing. Um, it might look to people like it's just the last couple years, but it really, since like 2016, at least, uh, there's been more and more newspapers and then digital companies um, doing this. Right, and um, so I'm looking at uh, Axios, and uh, this is actually outdated, but um, late last year they had a story, more than 30 media companies have unionized in the past two years. So, um and the list is kind of interesting. It's BuzzFeed, The Onion, New Yorker, um, obviously Tribune companies, Vox, and, and there have been more in, in we've been reading about in recent weeks. Um, and I know you, you already answered this in part, but why is this happening? Um, I do think that companies want better job security, especially those digital companies. They wanted to be able to have a say in the direction that they're going because those are companies that are newer, their their model is newer, and they're changing. And so if there's going to be these major changes in the direction of the product, they wanted to have a say in it and be able to fight some of the changes that they disagreed with. Um, but definitely throughout the country and in smaller communities, wages are a huge problem. Um, within Tribune, there's units that have you know, journalists on you know, food stamps, basically, or who could, who could get on food stamps. Um, and that's you know, a shame if the reason is that the company is making a profit, but they would rather do another, like, shareholder dividend than make sure that the people producing the journalism are able to survive on that salary. You know, and one thing, when you talked earlier about the challenges of the job and, and, and reporters really have so much on their plates, like you know, many other workers, uh, seems to me one of the issues, too, is that in, in this digital age, um, I mean, not only are you producing articles, original articles for the printed version of the Hartford Current, which some of us still read, um, but, you know, so much of what you some do. do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so much of what all of you do is also directed toward um, online and social media and digital media. So I was kind of curious about what additional pressures that puts on the, on the newspaper and on you as reporters. It is, it's a little hard for me to know as a younger reporter since I've only been doing this for six years or so. So I never lived in the time of, uh, print you only. know, print only. And, yeah. you know, you just you work all day and finish your one story. And um, now deadlines are throughout the day. They want everything as soon as possible. Um, but that's just how it's been for me. <laughs> right. You're, you're, uh, yeah. But I do think that it it makes it easier for them to for the companies to kind of hide behind the industry is changing. We need to be, you know, swift and we need to be um, flexible and we're asking more of you guys, but it's because we have to. And maybe the fact that journalists didn't really understand their industries change and 
we were all very distracted by the drop in revenues and mm -hmm. drop in advertising and changing formats that we didn't pay attention to the fact that not everything that's happened to newspapers and media outlets is a result of ad revenues decreasing. It's also things like, you know, Alden Global Capital, this hedge fund that now owns, you know, a 25%, 30, I think 30 something percent stake in mm -hmm. uh, Tribune Publishing coming in and taking advantage of the fact that newspapers are distressed and they can come in and they can um, cut because we're used to cuts, but they're cutting way more than other companies have in the past and leaving papers just slashed and burned basically is how it's mm -hmm. described. Yeah. And so I imagine on the shop floor, there must be some concern about the, uh, the intrusion or, um, if that's the right word, of, of these hedge funds. And it feels what, like the right word. <laughs> maybe disruption. Yeah. Disruption might be the better word. So um, are you concerned about what's coming down the pike with um, with the hedge fund? Yeah, um, we are basing a lot of what we know on um, a lot of reporting that was done by uh, reporters with Digital First Media, which is now known mm -hmm. as... Um, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting their name, but okay. <laughs> there's yeah. a campaign called Digital First uh, Media Workers, right. and they um, basically uncovered and exposed a lot of these things that were previously unknown about Alden Global Capital, that their business practices are questionable. They have even been under investigation by the Department of Labor for taking um, employee pension savings and putting them into their own funds. Uh, they sell off uh, media companies' buildings, sometimes right. to their own business units. Um, and then these are not things that were previously known mm -hmm. about them just a few years ago, but because of um, union members at the Denver Post and other papers, right. we now know that this is what we could expect from them if they are able to exert their influence on the Tribune Publishing Board of Directors, which they now have two members. Right. Uh, sitting on the Harvard Currents. On the, yeah. 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 On the board. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm not asking you to respond <laughs> or affirm what I'm about to say, but, you know, when I, I, I hear hedge fund, I just don't think anything good um, because I do think of you know, hedge funds as kind of predatory capitalists, and um, I'm not against capitalism. I'll just leave it at that. That um, It's what you said. They're investing in, in distressed entities and turning uh, money around, and, and certainly our labor movement has concerns about their involvement in um, pension funds and in public employee funds. So, um, you know, what some people consider creative, uh, which defenders of the hedge fund industry do, um, I, I consider personally kind of destructive. Yeah. And, it, and they're not just interested in um, well, interest is a weird term because we are concerned that they don't have any interest in journalism. Right. And so it's it's worse than just maybe not understanding the news or um, not caring that much. If they have no interest in it, then it's easy for them to just suck all of the resources out of it and put right. it into their other uh, you know, businesses and funds and then leave with the profit. Right. Um, and they've also been involved in, in companies like Payless when Payless went bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So it's, they have their hand everywhere, and we're just trying to get as much information as possible and make sure that our board has that information too yeah. and is able to stand up to them if they're willing to. Yeah, it's interesting. And there is so much... Um, technology-driven disruption, it seems, in your business, too. And I know that weighs on your, your minds, but um, I know you're also all doing a terrific job uh, trying to tell your stories over whatever platform you can tell them. 
so it is appreciated. Um, what do you, for for listeners? And we're speaking with um, Rebecca Lurie. She is a reporter at the Hartford Current and also the unit chair of the Hartford Current Guild, which is the union representing. Uh, it's not only reporters, correct? Uh, we have reporters, we have, uh, copy editors, photographers. Right. Um, we have assistant content editors, so anyone mm-hmm. who's not a manager in the newsroom. Right, right. And see, you know, and that's fascinating to me, again, because 20 years ago we wouldn't have been having necessarily having this conversation, and there is so much transformation taking place that's been driven by technology. Um, but how can people who um, believe in journalism, who want to read stories and want to read local news and consume news, uh, how can they be supportive, you know, broadly of, of the work that you as journalists do and specifically of The Current? Um, I mean, we do think it's important for everyone to support local journalism. If you want to know what's going on in your kids' schools or your own industry, um, what, you know, how public safety is being addressed in your mm-hmm. community, then you do want to support and, and read and subscribe <laughs> to your uh, newspaper. Um, we also are working on a campaign that community members would um, be able to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get the support of uh, our elected officials. Um, we want to do all of these things, and we're sort of putting it together now. So I guess Good. it's a little bit of a stay tuned. Good. Um, but will. there are petitions out there that you right. can um, you can write to you know our. CEO to uh, yeah. Terry Jimenez and yeah. tell him what you think. Tell our editors right. what you think. If you you might not always like the story you read in the current, but we want your feedback too, um, and we want to do better, and we can't do better if we're not around. Yeah, I agree. I you know I'm, and I don't do not want to politicize this, but um, there really is this this mood in the country. Um, that seems to be like destroy the reporters or destroy the media. And it's like an easy, um, it's an easy, facile, but sort of dangerous attitude. And I I think that it's really important for people to support local journalism. Um, Our union, we just re-upped our um, subscription, you know, with The Current. We have digital subscriptions um, with other papers. I have digital uh, subscriptions. my son, who's a bartender in Brooklyn, he uh, he has the Times, New Yorker. He does it, so it's you know I'm I'm sort of heartened by the fact that I see um, people across the age spectrum realizing that even if you're not going to read the print paper, um, you can support media, and you know uh, you can support reporters by by doing your digital. Um, subscriptions and not trying to uh, get around the paywall. Absolutely, and just engaging with us um, every time someone you know, asks a question on a story or comments and, and will talk to us for a story, be a source or just send an idea, I feel like that's support because it's the opposite of someone commenting fake news or commenting like, this is a rag. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you, you want your paper there and we want people to understand why uh, because communities are better for it and better informed for it. Yeah. Um, our guest has been Rebecca Lurie at the Hartford Current. Um, she is the Hartford Beat reporter and also the unit chair of the Hartford Current News Guild. Rebecca, thanks so much for joining us Thank on you. Council Forum Plug. It's been great. And I'm Larry Dorman, and we'll see you soon. 
As always, thanks for listening to our Council 4 Unplugged podcast. You can find us on all major social platforms by searching for Council 4 AFSME. Our website is council4.org. My name's Larry Dorman, and you've been unplugged. Unplugged.